It's Tom Bilyeu here. And if you are addicted to the relentless pursuit of greatness, then I've got something special for you guys. The Motivation Daily Podcast by Motiversity. It's your daily fix of motivation, inspiration, and wisdom featuring the best speeches and speakers on the planet. We cover it all. Life, business, relationships, discipline, purpose, mental health, sports, studying, focus, you name it. With exclusive speeches from heavy hitters like Coach Payne, Billy Allsbrooks, Marcus Taylor, Dr. Jessica Houston, Walter Bond, and more. If you're ready to take control, level up, or just crush your day, then Motivation Daily Podcast is your secret weapon. Search for the Motivation Daily Podcast and follow wherever you listen to amazing podcasts. You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Relationship Theory. I am your co-host, Tom Bilyeu, and I am here with the lovely and esteemed... Lisa Bilyeu. It always feels weird that you <laughs> make me say my own name. I don't know why. All right. From now on, I will say it. No problem. <laughs> All right. So um, let's go with... Actually, I want to start with a few comments. Okay. Um, so comment on YouTube from John D. Gates. I'm watching this with my girlfriend. Please make this a regular segment. I love that they're, that they're watching it together. Yeah. It starts Actually, we've gotten a lot of comments like that, yeah. which is pretty cool. Hopefully it starts conversations amongst them. Right. And, like that's, you know, what I love hearing. That would be coming. Um, from Your Fitness Hero, um, So Open, Love It. Nice. Bam, nice and There we go. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's go with a question from... Were you going to tell people what happened to your wrist? Oh, what happened to my wrist? Um, yeah. It's it's just a, I think, accumulation of injury and playing video games and not resting and. You that you're gonna go with video games on that one. <laughs> my wife works out like a demon. Um, it actually gives me not anxiety, but like if I had to match you rep for rep, oh god, that does not sound like fun. Like you're in the David Goggins realm of working out which I don't play in that realm, uh, which I cannot wait for you guys to see that episode, by the way. Absolutely phenomenal. That guy blew me away. Uh, but my wife is insanely hardcore in the gym. I'm convinced that we have a gym problem. Um, yeah, but you think? Yeah. Yes, as you play video games essentially once a week, I would say that that is not the culprit. And you didn't play this week, which was heartbreaking, by the way. I didn't play this week. I yeah. had to take it off, but I did work mm. out. <laughs> yes. So... But hey, you know what's interesting there? Because I actually thought about that. I thought if you were working out with an mm. injury, um, but it's that injury that wasn't allowing me and you to have fun, like I'd be a little mad at you. Yeah. Um, you were super chill this morning <laughs> though. And I the, know better. But isn't it weird how you put certain, um, like, not, I guess judgment on the other person, but you wouldn't necessarily do it yourself? It's terrible. But yeah, yeah, like, like everything like, why, feels differently internally. Yeah, because I'd say, like, why on earth are you working out? You just had an entire weekend where you couldn't right. have fun, and now you're going to the gym and working out. But, hey, I you woke up this morning, I was like, what are the that. ways that I could work out without, a, you know, using, using my... It was actually quite interesting, though. I sh had, like, straps around my wrists, 
and I was doing like back, That's but I was like pulling it with yeah. my arm. Um, so yeah. Makes you be inventive. Yeah, or like just the general um, rule of like to uh, train your brain, use your other hand. Yeah. So I've been doing that all week. Like brushing your 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 hair or your teeth with your left hand is really difficult. Yes. It's like so out of coordination and anyway. Yeah. All right. Um, so let's go to, I'm not seeing any live comments. It doesn't look on my end like we're live, but I'll keep going we'll until Cindy we'll says Cindy. otherwise. Um, <clears throat> all right. So let's go to a question from Facebook from last week. Okay. Um, this question is from Ibrahim Elgal. Yep. Love Ibrahim. Elgalad, I think. Elgalad, yeah. What's up, um, Ibrahim? Yeah, what's up? Um, how important is masculine and feminine energy polarity in your relationship? Tony Robbins speaks about how this is important in keeping the attraction spark alive, just like an electrical socket. Mm. So, you gonna jump in on that? No, I want you to answer first. So, I think that it's really, really important. Um, And I will add to that, though, that I think one of the things that's really worked well for us is... um, I never know how to say this like in a way that doesn't make me uncomfortable. So this is me worried about me, but I think you're more masculine than the typical woman and I'm more feminine than the typical man. So I think that's also helped us, but very much we have the division of masculine and feminine energy. Um, but I'm not like what I'll call the, the typical pub brawler type. I'm not the guy that gets in random ass fights. I am not the guy that is uh, shut down emotionally, that has trouble articulating feelings and things like that. And that's very much helped. And then you, um, oh God, I know that when you stereotype, I always get myself in trouble, but you don't have some hyper uh, feminine responses to things. I think you're... um, a little more down the middle. So you don't get... You don't get teary and uh, there's no like, (laughs) I really am because uh, it's, yeah, here's the truth. Like you don't get emotional. You don't, um, I know too much about the brain. Here's the truth. Estrogen inflames the deep limbic system. And so as people go through their period cycle, this is how I should have just explained it in the beginning. As women go through their period cycle, the deep limbic system inflames and perceives things more negatively than it otherwise would. You're not very subject, you're not subject to that very much. So you don't have those kinds of um, peaks and valleys emotionally. You don't perceive things negatively that aren't meant to be negative. So that has really helped because I would have a hard time dealing with that, I think. Because to me, it's like there's just, you know, it's like I'm all about what makes sense to perceive it that way. Like it, you can override that. And so A, you don't have to override it because you don't have those tendencies. And then B, we've talked so much about that that I think you would override it if you were having that problem. Mm. So I love that a lot. And that's one thing that I think is just as important as people playing a role, which you and I have always seen more as alpha beta than as like masculine feminine. Um, But I think that if you didn't have very feminine things that that wouldn't, like Tony says, it wouldn't spark me in the way that it does that you are very feminine mm. um, in certain aspects, and then I'm sure vice versa is true as well. And I think that it really um, depends on the person, what they're looking for in the partner, right? It's some people may not want um, a woman to have, or 
you know, to be have a business mind. They may want someone who is more feminine, that wants to stay at home, that wants to all they do is take care of their kids, and that's fine. Um, it's just not me. And we had that discussion. Like I think we've had actually in every phase of our lives, from when we got married to starting the business to working together, of what is what are we looking for from each other mm. and. Um, you know, you've said it in the past and it's true. It's like being in business has hardened me. It's had to harden me. Um, and so in that, I felt like a lot of my, um, oh God, the overly feminine side of me has um, slowly... And what do you mean by that? Nurturing? Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I used to make you breakfast, lunch and dinner every day. I would set your clothes out, your gym clothes, your work clothes. You literally would get up and put your clothes on because it was just sitting there waiting mm. for you. And that nurturing side of things, <clears throat> which I actually used to enjoy doing. And now it's like I, I don't have time and I don't prioritize and it's not important to me. And so making sure that that also wasn't important to you so that it wasn't you weren't turning around going, hang on a minute, I had like this, what I wanted as a perfect wife and now you're changing and now you're becoming right. something that I'm not interested in. So we had to have that conversation about my femininity, your masculinity, um, and then also just, I guess growing up, um, I never wanted to use tears or emotion as a way to get what I want. And it's very powerful, right? I know that if... I don't cry often, but if I cried in front of you, I know how that's going to affect you, right? We've been together long enough that I know that it starts breaking your heart, that you would probably give in, that you would not give in, but you would back off. You would be like, okay, babe, I hear it. You know, like you would try to soften me, like make it okay. But that doesn't actually resolve the issue. And you're doing it because your emotions feel bad for me. You're not doing it because you actually, we're actually coming to a conclusion of that argument. And so many times, and you've called me out on this, many times I'll be, um, we'll get in a heated discussion or something and I'll get super emotional, but I turn away. And I turn away and you're like, why? You know, I can tell you're crying. Like, and, but it's just... I never want that as a manipulation and I'm very aware of that and I think so many women do it because it ends up bringing the defences of the guy down, right? Because if you're pushing back and you're fighting with me and we're arguing and then I cry and you like, you know, oh, okay, yeah, I hear it. Yes, the argument has um, maybe subsided but that issue is still going to be there. And so I recognise that using that emotion to manipulate you isn't the... Um, isn't a long-term solution. So um, so that, I guess, feminine side to me, I've definitely tried to almost push away because I don't think it serves me. Um, but yeah, when I get hormones and, you know, like any woman, I try to recognize those hormones. And we've had many discussions before where you're like trying to politely say to me, um, is it the time of month? Yeah, because you you're not like, acting like yourself. Right. So you know who I am and you're right. saying I'm not acting like myself. And so it's that like, yeah, it is. Like the emotions feel right, but you're right. I'm a little more edgy today or I'm a little more frustrated than I would normally be. And so, okay, it must be my hormones. Don't use that as an excuse, right? right? Because using like, oh, I'm on my peers an excuse to be a bitch is just like, that's not productive. So sometimes now I'll say to you, hey, babe, like I recognize that I'm maybe a little um, touchy today. Um, and so because I recognize that, um, I need you to be extra sweet to me. 
And so I'll just articulate what I need. You'll be aware of it. And then we get to a place where we can communicate without my hormones, like making me crazy. And then let's, you know, going back to Ibrahim's point about what Tony Robbins is talking Mm. about. And I'll just speak from a guy's perspective. Sometimes you got to be tough. Like there's just no two ways about it. And we've gotten, I was reading this article about the, I can't, this is going to be hard for me to say, the feminization of like boys, especially Mm -hmm. like boys are rough and tumble boys. And there are no absolutes, but for the most part, boys are rough and tumble. They like to play aggressively. Um, They hit each other. You know, there's just like, they're, if you think about animals and the way that they roughhouse, they're literally learning how to stalk and hunt and be aggressive and all that. And the same is true of the male of the species and, you know, how much of it is socialization and how much of it is nature. Like I'm just of the camp that nature and nurture both play a massively powerful role. And Mm -hmm. to say that men and women don't have differences. And I mean, let's go with the easy one hormonally. Like you can say, I don't think it's true. There are differences in the brain structures, but even just hormonally, no one is going to argue that there is a massively different cascade for women than there is for men. Those hormones have a reason, and the reason is that they generate different behaviors. So you can take a woman and inject her with a ton of testosterone. She's going to act fundamentally differently than if you inject her with a bunch of um, uh, estrogen, and the same is true vice versa for men. So that's a long way of, I know how politically charged this is. So... But I think that what Tony's talking about is all the PC bullshit aside, at the end of the day, there is something sexy about a man who's prepared to stand up, Mm. to be tough, to be heard, to say, like, this is the line, don't cross it. Um, And I think that in a traditional or typical, maybe is a less charged way of saying it, in a typical male-female relationship, to not have that, for the guy not to display that, would be uh, a mistake. And I'll say it's a mistake from an evolutionary perspective, certainly because at the end of the day, there is the role of the aggressor, the dominant, the uh, protector, all of that wrapped up in that. And if you're not doing things, like one of the things I think that I did that was very beneficial for our relationship was starting to hit the gym, having to exert power, Mm -hmm. like physical power, and having to develop physical prowess, which is not something that I come to naturally. So all of that like really rooted me in masculinity and forced me to do things that were aggressive and the whole thing that we've already talked about where I would imagine someone attacking you and that I had to be strong enough to overpower them and like what that does and the like to me psychologically and the way that that grounded me in being able to stand up for myself and that is powerful and I think that in today's society like we're going more and more towards the middle and I think that that can be a dangerous place to be. Now, at the same time, I would much rather have to teach a kid to toughen up than to be sensitive. And so if we had a son, I would spend way more of my time talking about empathy, talking about how to encourage people to make them feel safe, like all of those things, which are, I think, maybe harder for a guy to come by naturally. And you know, part of that is just that that's exactly what it was for me. I had to learn to, to toughen up. Um, but that feels much more um, something that you can do through mechanistic mm. things. You can go to the gym. You can force yourself to suffer. One of the things that I got asked is, so by the way, I've decided that the fast that I'm going to do, the three-day fast, summer ready, if anybody's interested, is going to be the, um, we release the David Goggins episode on Tuesday, right? Correct. So I'll start the fast wow. Sunday night, technically. Okay. 
Um, so Sunday night, I'll have my last meal. That'll begin the three-day fast. So mid, the, the hardest day is... When it comes to platforms that will help you run a business, there is no shortage of options on the market. But if you want to use the best, most advanced, and most efficient platform out there, you need to be using Shopify. For whatever and wherever you want to sell, from launching to going international, Shopify is the global commerce platform that will help you grow at every stage of your business. With award-winning customer service, the internet's highest converting checkout page, and a suite of integrated AI tools, Tools, Shopify is your all-in-one platform to quickly and efficiently take your business to the next level. I love everything about Shopify because it makes it so easy to start, run, and grow a business. Shopify powers more than 10% of all U.S. e-commerce because businesses that want to grow quickly use Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash impact, all lowercase. Again, go to shopify.com slash impact right now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash impact. In today's highly unpredictable and rapidly changing world, the smartest move you can make from a financial standpoint is to actually understand how money works and how markets move. Because if you want to have any chance of investing your money wisely and growing your financial portfolio, you have to make a profit. And the only way that you're going to do that is either by setting and forgetting or actually understanding what's going on at a macro level. So whether you're a seasoned investor or someone looking for extra guidance, today's sponsor, Yahoo Finance, has got you covered with all the tools, data, and news that you need in one place to grow your knowledge base around what is happening in the world of finance and to make sure that you have the right goals and you're executing well. Yahoo Finance makes it easy to consolidate your accounts so you can effectively and efficiently manage your entire portfolio. Personally, I love how straightforward their platform is to use. It is very simple to get the information that I need. And Impact Theory's own chief financial officer is exactly the same, spending time helping me frame exactly what is going on from a global perspective so that I'm making the smartest decisions that I can. I definitely recommend that you check out Yahoo Finance for comprehensive financial news and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com. If getting your hands dirty and taking good care of your car or cars is a passion of yours, then eBay Motors is here for the ride because I'm sure you remember when you first saw the potential in that beauty. And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly with eBay Motors. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's always day two for me. And so day two will happen right as the David Goggins episode drops, which will help me stay focused because that man is such a badass. But in doing that kind of suffering and toughening up and all of that, 
I feel that I have things like that, things like the gym, things like changing my physique, all of that have definitely, if I hadn't done it, I think that you would want for it. Yeah, and I think that that's kind of the the thing that we try to communicate all the time is what are you looking for? So I do find toughness, some form of aggression, quite a turn on. Right. Like I, I do like seeing that. Now, I don't like seeing if it's unwarranted and, you know, uh, pub rules and stuff like that. Like I'm not interested. Right. But seeing you lift weights. Can we, I'm going to stop you right there and we're going to tell the pub brawl story. Do you know what story I'm talking about? Um, the one with my brother? Yes, and yeah. Savio. Yeah. So what was that like from you? And be honest, because you have... So remind, tell people the story. You can leave out names okay. other than the two that we've already mentioned. Okay. So, but break this down, because this, this left a mark on my psyche, and I thought, really? whoa, I need to be prepared for that. I don't know what I did differently. But no, wow, I'll, well, I'll, I'll tell the story. So... Um, um, it's quite a long story, so I'll, I'll cut it, it short. Um, there was a guy, and he kept calling me. I was 17, eight, it must have been 18, because I was in the pub, legally. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, there was a guy who just kept texting me and texting me, wouldn't leave me alone. Um, I was very honest about that I wasn't interested. He wouldn't give up. I was in a pub one day, and my brother and his friend... Um, there was a big, so he, his friend's Italian. There was a big soccer match going on. And he's one on. of those guys. Um, like he is a tough nut, this Yeah, kid. he's super he tough. He is not for play. No. Great guy. So loving. So loving. Right. But whoa, I would not want to cross him. Right. So he, um, it was like the World Cup or something like that. And Italy had just lost and he was in the worst mood ever. And he was there. He was like a, he's like a brother to me. So I walk in, I sit with him, we start talking, and the guy who was kind of somewhat stalking me walks in. And I was like, oh, God, here he goes. Like, I can't believe he's here. And, of course, my brother's friend um, <laughs> turns around and is like, which one is he? And because I said, like, he was literally like my older brother, so he was always very protective. And so I was like, it's him over there. Just thinking, like, maybe he's going to go give him some harsh words, which right. I kind of wanted because it was starting to get yes. a little, like, freaked out that this guy wouldn't leave me alone. And so my brother's sitting there, but he doesn't really hear the story, so I tell his friend. He gets up, and he literally just jumps across the table and punches him in the face. <laughs> and so then one of his friends gets up, jumps on him. My brother jumps in and it became the entire pub like just starts fighting and there's tables being thrown, there's glasses being thrown. And I'm like, like I actually felt really bad because I didn't mean for it to God cause that much of a trouble. Right. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. Where, so what, where were you going with that story? Because you then? felt protected. Oh, I definitely you felt, felt like, protected, and yeah. th This is one of those, I am not justifying the man's behavior. It is crazy to leap across the table and punch somebody in the face, even if they are stalking. Like, that's crazy town. Yeah. However, agreed. having said that, I totally understood why... All right, this guy is scaring me. He's stalking me. He shows up at this bar. Like, he's literally... He's not leaving me alone. It's escalating, and I'm truly now getting freaked out and scared. Mm -hmm. And one sentence to this guy, and all of a sudden, like, he doesn't hem and haw. He gets up and punches the guy in the face. Like, totally animalistic, totally unacceptable behavior, and at the same time, totally intoxicating and makes you feel protected. Yeah. And that... That duality mm. I found so fascinating because that is not me. I would never do that. Like, that is so outlandish and crazy. 
But even I love that about Savio. Mm. I love that there are people who you just know, like that, and I'm obsessed with this wolf thing. It goes back to the wolf notion of somebody's the enforcer. And I didn't know this about hockey, but there's actually a guy on the ice who his role is not to score, it's not to pass, it's to punish people who go and play too rough with the Wayne Gretzky or whoever it is that's meant to be scoring the goals, and they call him the enforcer. And they're, they're the guys that check people into the glass and throw Why? them around and get into the fights. And what keeps everybody in balance is knowing there's an enforcer. And that was one of those things because like, I am not certainly not by nature the enforcer type. Even I, like, there's something kind of cool about it. Yeah, and the moments that you have shown that, um, and look, I definitely, I think I encourage that in you, not, not to be, like, overly aggressive, but um, I like, you know, I think every woman likes to feel protected and likes to feel like they can turn to someone if they're really, truly scared. And in those moments, do you show up? Right. right. That's really the question. And you have. And those were the moments where, like, God, I was really proud. Um, I was a little scared. So you told the story recently about when we went to the doctors and I had 103 fever yeah. and they wouldn't see me because of my insurance wouldn't take me. And you lit like I'd never seen you that angry before. And I even was like, you need to calm down. <laughs> like, because like they're literally about to arrest you. So I'm thinking they're about to arrest you. I have 103 fever. I can't drive home. Like you're good. I'm going to have to now bail you out. Like all these things are going through my mind. But even then there was that little bit of he's, he's going to make sure I'm okay. Right. No matter what. And look, aggression isn't the right way to do it. Um, but even in fact, can I tell a story about when Wookie went missing? Sure. So a lot of people may already know, or you may not, um, our little puppy went missing just before Christmas. And when I say missing, she escaped. Um, yeah. So she's like this big. We live in a lot of trees and wilderness around us. Um, and she just went missing. And I, we were running around the entire team, like the whole company shut down. We were running around trying to find her, screaming, screaming, screaming. And it was about four hours later. We hadn't seen each other because we all just went off in our own directions, putting up posters and everything. And I finally saw you again after like four hours. So literally, she went missing, barely saw you, and then we got together. I was hyperventilating. And I've never, I, again, I'm not an emotional person. I was hyperventilating. I, I couldn't breathe because I thought I've, I've lost my daughter. Like I, all the hideous ideas of coyotes and being stolen or being hit by a car, like I, I couldn't breathe. And when I saw you, I was just panicking and I, you know, just like collapsed in your arms and you grabbed me. And I remember this so like, like it was yesterday. You literally grabbed me and this was only a few months ago, but, and you looked at me and you said, I will get her back. Like you stared right in my eyes and you said, I will do everything in my power to get her back. And it was so intense the way you did it. I'm actually getting a little emotional saying it now. It was so intense the way you did it. And I believed you. And it wasn't like, oh, you're going to magically find her. But I knew everything in a person's human power to find her, you weren't going to stop until you were going to do it. And that protection of okay like we can't control whether she's right now getting eaten by a coyote right we can't control that but you were going to make sure you were going to do everything you could and in that moment like as as a partner as a woman like I felt so protected by your 
your certainty and your drive and your focus on like, I'm going to get this done. Yeah, and for the record, I didn't say I'll do everything in my power to get her back. I said, I'm getting her back. Yeah. But in my head, I was like... Yeah, you gave the caveats that, and yeah. the outs and all that and totally reasonable, but it was... Yeah, at that moment, that is, um, that's not a time or place for a yeah. reason. That is a time only for decisiveness and getting something done. And, and that really is an echo of that thing that I've spent years, because that's not me by nature. So that's me, you know, for years thinking about stories like the Savio story, thinking about what you do in moments like that, thinking about somebody breaking in, thinking about all those things. I can't say I ever thought about, you know, our daughter going missing, but thinking about all those things... Mm. Um, and saying, okay, how do you respond? Like, what happens in that moment? <laughs> it reminds me of the story that Jared told the other day where we were on a plane and he was some, I forget how it came up, but it was like, you know, if something happened and somebody tried to hijack the mm. plane or whatever, and I turned, he was joking, and I turned to him in deadly seriousness and was like, no, this is exactly what we do. This is how we'd handle it. And because I've rehearsed things like that so many times to make sure that I show up, to make sure that whatever natural impulse I have to turn and run in the opposite direction mm -hmm. is just overwhelmed by preparation mentally. Yeah. So yeah. yes, Tony Robbins <clears throat> is absolutely on the money with masculine and feminine energy. And in fact, like this weekend when last night on Sunday nights, I get so tired, it's so weird. I don't know why. Um, but Sunday nights, I'm always just like around seven o'clock. I just want to go to bed. And last night I just wanted to lay my head in your lap <laughs> and be pet. Can you tell them what you said? <laughs> <laughs> it's quite funny. It's funny to us. This is going to get hate mail. I said, I wish that you were my concubine or something instead of my wife. So I could just be selfish. Uh, cause I actually wouldn't let you do that because but I felt so selfish. But the funny thing is, I said, if you want back tickles, I'll give you back tickles. Like, come right. on, come on. And you're like, no, I've been, I can't be selfish. And well, it's not that I can't be selfish. I had already gone up to my yeah. limit of how willing I am to be selfish over the weekend. My wife cooks every meal for me on the weekends, makes me these amazing protein and fat nachos, which are just delicious beyond all comprehension. And you'd made me, I think, five sets of nachos over the weekend. It I was did. unbelievable. Uh, so I had just reached my threshold of what I'm willing to uh, ask of you. So, but yeah, yeah, it was, so being nurtured like that mm, is very meaningful. Mm. You cooking for me all the time on the weekends is very meaningful. You being very sweet, like all of those things really are like electric. Okay, we spent right. a lot of time on that. Yeah, um, so guys watching live, please share this video um, to be entered to win a do shirt. Well, they can pick right? do oh, you or can impact theory, choose, whichever. Yeah, whichever one. Um, so please, please share this video if it's bringing you guys value. Um, also, please submit some questions. We're answering live right now. Um, so we have a few questions. Nice. So let's get to them. Let's do it. Let's All get ready right. to rumble. Let's get ready to rumble. All right. Um, there is a question from last week that I do want to ask at some point today. Though, right, let's get really to the people like, that are here. Yeah, exactly. First. Totally agree. Um, okay, this is from Daniel Breeze. Thank you, Daniel, right, for your question. Hey, guys, I've become much more ambitious because of all your advice. And I'm right. um, implementing certain habits like going to sleep early in order to wake up feeling good. Nice. However, I always have to push my girlfriend to do things like going to bed early. And though she does it, I know she doesn't want to. Any advice? Um, one, I think that 
leading by example is always the right way to lead somebody. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't necessarily like force you. The way that we started going to bed at the same time was wanting to live a synchronized life. And so it was focusing on what we wanted to get out of it because she may not be ambitious like that. She may <laughs> not want to wake up super early. So for us, and that was where we were at the time, you weren't working. Um, so it didn't really matter for you, but for us to be living a synchronized life, to grow together, and these are things you have to do with a high degree of intention. They will not happen by accident. We were very terrified of anything that was um, from a time and physical way pulling us apart. So if you get um, out of mm-hmm. sync on shifts and one person's working the night shift and the other person's working the day shift, like I can't think of anything worse for your relationship. There just is no substitute for proximity, being together, sharing experience. And so us falling asleep together, especially because you always lay your head on my chest for us to fall asleep together, like there's a highly, highly tactical, um, oxytocin releasing like vasopressin moment of that brain chemistry of being together Mm. and so that was important to us but that wasn't how we started it was we realized over time that because we weren't spending much time together those were the moments that mattered and so we then started prioritizing them me falling asleep on your chest to get that Emotion. Are you saying that we didn't go to bed together in the beginning I don't remember just sometimes yeah like yeah, because you started going to bed earlier and earlier. Mm. Um, and if there were days where I didn't, it was like, oh, there's this, this connection that we're not quite feeling. And right. I think it was because I wasn't falling asleep on your chest. So. Or at least not at the same time. Right. Not sharing that experience. Um, yeah, so we made a point of that to make sure that we were going to bed at the same time for the relationship rather than for the ambition, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So the, the hour that we went to bed was a right. function of the ambition, but the fact that we were going to bed together was a function of the relationship. Um, and just because, and maybe this is just me, but understanding like the neurochemistry of it, of you falling asleep on my chest and all that. And by the way, in the beginning, I hated that. So for guys that are out there that are like, <laughs> oh, but you know, I really don't like it. It's like, yeah, neither did I. But it was something that at first it was like, okay, we'll lay on my chest for a few minutes and then we'll separate and fall asleep. And then it's like one time you were like, oh, you actually fell asleep while I was still on your chest. And then it was like I started having trouble falling asleep if you weren't on my chest. And so, yeah, I mean, for me, it's like do and believe that which moves you towards your goals. So if you've got relationship goals and you want to be coming together more, um, just understanding the neurochemistry of a nice cuddle like is a. So that's that's the reality. And so even though in the beginning it actually made it harder for me to fall asleep, we found a way to have that physical tactile experience Um, and then part, and then we would fall asleep, and then you start getting used to it. And so I would frame it that way. I would talk about that with her, um, see how that makes her feel, like, you know, from a just pure relationship perspective, Um, you know, and then hopefully that helps you guys come together. Yeah, because, I mean, even in the phrasing, I always have to push my girlfriend to do things like going to bed early. Um, How do you um, encourage that? I think is a big thing, right? So instead of her feeling like she's being pushed or she's being trapped to have to do these things, how do you encourage it? What are the incentives? What are the things that she loves doing that you're like, eh, I don't really want to do that? So that you can then, sorry, there's a fly, um, so that you can then do it in return, right. right? So then she starts seeing like, oh my God, just by me going to bed early with him, like I, I, I got random flowers at work. Like whatever that thing is for her that right. makes her feel appreciated because then she's going to want to do it more. She's going to want to come to bed with you more. Now you're not feeling like you're having to push her. And so being 
that little shift and then being on that same page where she's like, oh my God, of course I want to come to bed with you because she knows that you're always going to do something sweet, like wake up the next morning, make a coffee or whatever it is. She's going to want to do that. And that brings you closer together. That makes you um, not feel like you're trapping her. She then feels like she's really excited to do it. And then it gets you guys on that same page. Really good point. So find Reward out what behavior you want more of. Exactly. So find out what that thing is from her and then encourage, encourage and thank her. Right. It's like when we were playing video games, just that one time was like, I didn't want to play video games, but you were so sweet and excited <clears throat> that I was going to play video games with you. Afterwards, you were like, that was so meaningful to me. Like, I really want you to know how much that I appreciate that. And then in that response made me want to do it again. Because right. you didn't take it for granted. I didn't feel like I was being pressured or trapped. Because I, my personalities, I don't like doing things I don't want to do. So if you're going to force me or pressure me, like that's not necessarily yeah. a winning solution. My wife is very stubborn. <clears throat> Excuse me. Me stubborn? I know. All right. So let's get another question. Um, okay, let's find one. I'm going to go back to that question from last week okay. so we get some more submissions. Um, okay, this is from Carrie. Uh, I can never pronounce her name and I always feel bad because she's always like, she's a hardcore fan. Thank you, Carrie. Um, Kopidlansky Gormley. Carrie Gormley? Yes. Thank there you. It's the middle name as well that got, or yeah. maybe it's not a middle name, hyphen. Um, thank you. This is about last week's episode. Thank you for a great episode. Lisa, the female brain has to be one of the best books ever. It's yeah. Um, it's really helped not only me, but many of my friends understand their husbands and themselves better. Nice. What's one of the scariest experiences you've had as a couple? Whoa. So I... I was really thinking about this. Okay. So what comes to mind for you? Uh, at, it's the as a couple thing. I'm not sure I'm interpreting it right. The scariest thing we've been through is Wookie going missing. Right. So without question. Yeah. But if so, you've thought about it, maybe you've got something more relationship. Well, so I think, yeah. So I thought it was the Wookie thing. But then when I switched it to um, maybe not the scariest thing, but what is like one of the most difficult times in our relationship, mm. I was like, okay, that's actually really interesting because that was something it's, it's actually still ongoing. Right. So um, <clears throat> I've been battling health issues for the last two years, two and a half maybe now, um, where I just can't digest food properly. And so about two years ago, if I got like a stomach bug, I've had stomach issues for 10 years or so, but that stomach bug pushed Technically me- Technically intestinal, intestinal issues, Intestinal issues, yeah. Um, it pushed me over the edge to the point where I literally couldn't eat. And so in not being able to eat, I wasn't getting the right nutrients, my nails were breaking, my hair was falling out, I couldn't stand up for long. Um, we went to so many doctors, you took me to, you know, countless doctors at this point. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't eat, couldn't eat out. Um, and that was really tough because you were, you know, I mean, you were running a company. Quest was as big as it had ever been. And um, I needed you to be there for me with doctor's appointments, but I also understood that you had this business to run. And so you couldn't give your life over to that, um, to, to, you know, just every day having to deal with my stomach. But it was so... Um, 
it was such a daily thing for me, right? Like every morning I'd wake up, stomach cramps. Every time I would eat, stomach cramps. Um, and it affected everything, it affected my moods. So when you were home, I wasn't probably very nice to be around because my hormones were just out of whack. And you were so understanding. You never put pressure on me. But it was really tough, I think, for both of us. I didn't really feel really like a, a beautiful woman anymore, right? Like, I couldn't um, be very sexual. Um, it, I couldn't stand up for long. Um, even just you hugging me sometimes, the pressure on my stomach was really bad. Um, and I was still going to work every day. And so, and so were you. So I was going to work every day. You were being my boss, as, you know, we had established was the, you know, the right move. So you were my boss. I wasn't necessarily probably performing to my highest ability. And so you were um, coming at me with as like the boss, why aren't we getting this done? And I'm just like breaking down every two minutes um, in emotion. And you'd have to then come home and we'd have to deal with that. Um, that was really tough. Mm. Yeah. But obviously from a husband perspective, what are you, what was going on with you that... Because obviously for my, you were so supportive with me. Like you never put any pressure on me as a husband to like, but I need this. And you were like, baby, if you're not feeling well, you should sit down. Like, do you want me to get this? But that's like a year. You were doing that for a year. Stomach or digestive issues are terrifying because the science just isn't there. And people don't really understand how to solve the problem. And it's so hopelessly complicated that that was the big frustration for me, was just feeling helpless to solve the problem. And it was, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those, I get how people get themselves in relationship trouble when there's an overwhelming problem where when you're the one going through it, you're turning to the other person like, hey, you're not suffering like I'm suffering, solve this fucking problem. And then when you're the one charged with solving the problem and it's so massive and so complicated and science doesn't even understand it and people are arguing about what works and half of what you're reading online sounds like voodoo, the other half you don't understand and I understand this stuff like at a high level. So for me to be like, Jesus, I'm in over my head, like. I would have to go get a doctorate in this stuff just to like really understand what I'm reading. So there was a real sense of helplessness. And that's, you know, one of those times where my mindset is, has come to my aid in my most difficult times. And so I would ask myself, does feeling paralyzed help me? No, okay, well then let's not feel paralyzed. And what are the machinations that are gonna help me to keep moving forward? What are the things that I know? What are the um, areas that I have that can help? And so just started sort of going through it systematically to try and figure out a solution from leaning on the Quest R&D team, which was miraculous. Oh my God, and the <clears> they saved that, my life. The thing, no question. The things that they understood about the microbiome, which really made that sort of the focus of our attention. And then, you know, knowing about ketogenics and all of that and really sort of, that was the one time where I really put my foot down and said, fucking do it. Like we just, we've gotten out of the woods with what we had done in R&D, but we hadn't gotten to the point where you could live a life. And so then it just was me getting angry enough to finally say, until you're like, literally, I think the quote was, don't even talk to me about this anymore until your ketones are at 1.0. And like, I just need to see if that works or not. And that was sort of the next step. But 
even now, like, you know, two and change years later, it's like, I still don't feel like I've solved the problem. And I still feel like, you know, I think about this a lot. Just this morning, I was looking at that company Viome, which is a former um, guest on the show and a dear friend, Naveen Jain, um, who started this company called Viome. What they're doing is interesting. This is going to rapidly turn into a commercial, but it's um, I'm interested. I don't know if it's going to be the right answer, but the way that they're sequencing the not only do they sequence the DNA, they sequence the RNA of um, the, the microbiome. And I think they look at the viome as well, which two different words. There's the... Um, the oh, I'm getting God, super scientific yeah, now. Yeah, but it's like you can actually look at the bacteria and the viruses mm -hmm. to find out. And then what they're looking at is what genes are expressing themselves, not just what genes they have, which is a very, very interesting approach. I have no idea if it's effective. But want to get you on that. And honestly, the thing that I keep coming back to is fecal transplant, which I did not expect to be coming up in this episode. <laughs> but it's um, they need a better name for it. But that may end up being the solution. But anyway, like that's what triggers from the husband's side. Like I fucking want to solve the problem. And this, like you want to talk about things that even you and I, and I think that we think about relationships enough to be sort of at a relatively high level. Um, the I want to solve problems and you just want to be heard is like a constant issue. Yeah, and that's on the smaller scale and little things. But on this, like, I definitely need your Wanted help. Wanted a solution. Yeah. yeah. Um, but really even beyond just the logistics of finding out how to solve it, right? Like, I actually wasn't like, oh, poor me. Like, I need you to be there for me. My stomach's hurting. Like, just be here for me. I actually was very um, self-aware of what was happening to me, but also our relationship. And it's like, okay, well, you know, we can't go out to dinner anymore. And it's Tom Bill, you here. And if you are addicted to the relentless pursuit of greatness, then I've got something special for you guys. The Motivation Daily Podcast by Motiversity. It's your daily fix of motivation, inspiration, and wisdom featuring the best speeches and speakers on the planet. We cover it all. Life, business, relationships, discipline, purpose, mental health, sports, studying, focus, you name it. With exclusive speeches from heavy hitters like Coach Payne, Billy Allsbrooks, Marcus Taylor, Dr. Jessica Houston, Walter Bond, and more. If you're ready to take control, level up, or just crush your day, then Motivation Daily Podcast is your secret weapon. Search for the Motivation Daily Podcast and follow wherever you listen to amazing podcasts. We used to love going to Vegas and doing buffets and drinking and having a giggle. Like, I can't do that anymore. And obviously, you know, like I said, being very intimate, like you have to be very careful and we couldn't do that very often. And so all these things, like I was very aware of how that could potentially change our relationship. And so I was a bit fearful of, not even fearful, but just I wanted to make sure that a, you were helping me, right? So I was very vocal about that. Like, look, babe, this is very important. Can you please help? I need, you know, research or like, can you come to the doctors with me? So I was very open about that because I, we always say to each other, we're not mind readers. Right. I can't read your mind. You can't read mine. So just tell each other what you actually want. But then beyond that, there's, uh, it's a relationship. So even though I'm going through this problem, there's two of us. And so you being there for me, felt one-sided and so I was very aware that I needed to make sure that we were having a discussion how you're feeling 
right? And how you're doing, you know, and you are always super sweet and, you know, like, I just want to get it, you know, get you healthy and I feel like I failed you and I really want to work on this and I have to find a solution and blah, blah. But even past that, it's like, how are you doing emotionally? We're not going out to dinner anymore. Do you still feel connected? Um, We're not able to take these trips anymore. Are you okay? Like, what is that equivalent of doing something else for you that you would feel that same emotion? Okay, well, I'll, you know, like just human touch, right? Just like cuddling and touching each other, um, having that, holding hands, it just, it keeps something intimate between us. And I was very conscious of, want, you know, kind of let's talk about this, we need to discuss this, and so were you. And I think that's really important because when someone's going through a tough time, I think it's very easy to be so focused on you right? I'm going through this. I'm having a problem. People need to understand, you know, why can't you be there for me? But that's not fair because the other person is still going through that. And you had to sacrifice. Like I had to sacrifice because I didn't have a choice, right? You sacrificed out of love and out of commitment. And that is, yeah, I I think it's very important to not take that for granted with each other. You're really good about that. Really good about that. Even in like the times like that where you're in pain and your life is sucking way more than mine, you would stop and say like, it's no fun to be with somebody who's mopey all the time. It's not. And I was mopey a lot. And I even remember, oh God, this is really powerful. I remember once we were at work and again, like I said, like I... I was like just dizzy all the time, but I was at work. I wasn't going to like fail or quit that. Like I was showing up every day, no matter how I felt. And I remember one day at work, we were in your office and something had happened and everybody else had left and it was just me and you. And I was so upset. I was like really emotional. And so I went into your little restroom in your office and I just started crying. I didn't want you to see because I didn't want that to influence well, here I am trying to run a business and my wife's in the restroom crying. So I went in the restroom, I came back out and I thought, okay, I've got it together now. I come back out and I just fall apart again. And I was really upset with you Um, for no reason. Like it literally was like hormones and emotions and all the struggles. I mean, I had like these like um, electrodes attached to my stomach because I had swallowed a camera pill because they had to track my... So literally, I'm walking around with like this electric pack on me, but I didn't want people at work to see, so I've got this big overcoat on. And anyway, it was just so intense and just way too much for me to handle. So I just broke down. And I... But I was mad at you, right? You hadn't done anything wrong. But it's... When you're upset or you're mad, you kind of just project, right? So I was just projecting it all onto you, and I was super upset. And I think at this point, like, I'd had a few of those. And so I think you were just, like, I need to call her on it because it's not healthy for her. And I remember you saying, and this is something that, like, we don't mean disrespect for this, but this is just a trigger for us. It's like an anorexic, right? An anorexic can't tell when they've got too skinny. So they can't trust what they're seeing. They can't trust their own mind. And so you basically said, baby, I love you, but you're like an anorexic. You can't see that you're acting so outrageously emotional right now. You need to trust me. Like an anorexic, you can't see it. So you know, as your husband, you need to trust me when I say you're acting irrational. And that's okay. Like if you need time, if you need to go home, if you need like, what is it that you need to get better? But let's not pretend that it's not your hormones or anything else. And so, like, in that moment, I was like, 
I so feel it that I want, you know, like I want to fight back, but it's like, yeah, you know what? I trust him. I trust him and he's right. And I just need to believe that what I am thinking and what I am feel, feeling now is completely like, it's not my a reality. So. Truth. But yeah. Can't always trust your emotions. Yeah. You can't trust your emotions. But having somebody who you can trust to call you on it and know that they're not just doing it to like, it's not my fault, it's your emotions. Yeah, and let me tell you, this is some advanced class shit right now. Like, if you try that one as a novice, you're going to get eaten alive. So be careful with that one. Yeah, you got to have buy-in. You've got to have talked about that. Like, we have talked about stuff like that, given each other permission to do that, earned the trust over time. That was not like year one in our relationship that we were right, at that sure. point. So yeah, that is, uh, that's when you're getting your, your doctorate in relationships, then that one may come in handy until then it is a dangerous tool to <laughs> yeah. wield my friends. <laughs> yeah. So beware. It is, but it's very powerful if you can get there. No question. No question. Comes to trust. I think that's massive. All right. We've got another question from Joe Cross. What's up, Joe? What's up, Joe? Dude, Joe. Thank you for that artwork that you sent today. Amazing, dude. Showed it around. Everybody is flipping out. Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, we won't be talking about yet what that artwork was. Oh, I didn't see uh, it. Homie, do you not go on Slack? In the morning, homie, I'm setting up Facebook Live. All right. So here's the thing. You need to trust me. When you're acting crazy and you can't <laughs> trust yourself. Will like anyone this, judge me if I throw my laptop at him? <laughs> just a little bit. You need. To, you missed it. This is what happens, Josie. She hasn't seen your stuff. Anyway. Mr. Cross has a question. <laughs> Mr. Cross does have a question. All right. Love the idea of mutual sacrifice. How do you employ that concept on a daily or weekly basis? What specifically do you do to, sac to, do to sacrifice for each other? Love the idea of mutual sacrifice? Yeah. So, like, um, I assume he means, so, like, I'm going to sacrifice certain things for you. You're going to sacrifice certain right. things for me. Is this something we've talked about before? It's like code names matter. So I've never thought of anything as sort of code name mutual sacrifice. So what are I, things that we sacrifice for each other? Ready, go. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so what are things that we sacrifice for each other? I mean, so relationships to me are, are all about compromise, which you could say is a sacrifice. Um, so it is all manner of thing. I mean, so let's take... God, what are ways that we sacrifice for each other? I sit you in the dining room table. I literally was about to say, you hate sitting in the dining room table. But it's honestly, such like, like a small, petty thing. But here's the thing, though. It's those small little things, right? And I think that that's actually right. really important to address. It's the small little things that add up, right? It's not necessarily the grand things. Like, at least for me, like on a because he says on a daily and weekly basis, it's right. not like I'm sacrificing major things in my life every single day that we're together. So it's, he's saying, what are <clears throat> what are daily, weekly sacrifices that we make for each other? Right. So it's okay. Um, that's perfect. Then. How do you employ those com concepts on a daily and weekly? Mm. Um, all right. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you all kinds now that I really understand the question. Um, we have two shower heads in our shower. We like to shower together. I always take the little shower head, and then she'll fight me for it and say, "No, no, no, let me do it." So that's one thing. I believe that if physical suffering needs to be endured, that I should be the bearer of the physical suffering. So if it's cold, I would give her my jacket. Um, if there's only one food item left, I would give it to you. Like anything that has to do with physical suffering, I I believe 
um, hey, in the male-female dynamic, it is for the male to suffer, the physical pains, indignities, all of that. If there's one chair, you should get it, like on and on and on. Um, you on the weekends are always making my food so that I don't have to fuss, which is a big deal. I hate, hate sitting at dining room tables. It just is what it is. Um, so, but you love it and it's over time, like become this like bigger and bigger thing. So like I will sit at the table for her. <laughs> you know her. what, the whole team now start like saying things like, oh, we're chewing together, Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> God damn you, Billy. That was funny when Jared was like, okay, we're ready to sink our mandibles. <laughs> Oh, that was amazing. Um, but it's the little things. It's the tiny little things that the other person's going to appreciate that you do two, three times a day that makes them feel... But let's keep giving them specifics. Okay. So what are other things? So I hate to fuss. So you do like virtually all of my fussing, mm -hmm. um, which is massive. In the business, same thing, like, like setting up the set and all that. You do all of that. I sacrifice a lot of time with you. For, your, for the ambition, for shways, for shways, yeah. for shways. So like even when I'm really sick um, or something's going on, like, you know, our puppy was um, really ill. Like there's there's certain things where it's like, he's like, I have to do this. I have to go and do this speech. I have to go meet this person for dinner. And it's like, it's a sacrifice because I just want to be with you and I want you to cuddle me and just make me right. feel better. And so it's like, I'm sacrificing that. But I don't ever hold it against you because you're always sacrificing for me. Right. You know, when it becomes, I think, one-sided is when it becomes a real problem. Yeah, so uh, when the alarm goes off in the middle of the night, I'm the one that deals with it. Yeah. Um, God, let's keep going. There's so many little things that we do. Um, nine times out of ten, I put the babies to bed because it's like a physical thing. It's a pain in the ass. Right. I switch the light off every night, even though she has a light switch right next to her side of the bed. <laughs> I can't me shit about this. <laughs> that one so makes me laugh. So we've got two laugh, light switches but... on either side of the bed. Yeah. I can't reach because my arm's shorter. So I have to really stretch over and it's, I start knocking shit over and I. So but it's... I'm always switching the lights off. Yeah. That's a major sacrifice <laughs> that I don't want to go overlooked. But it's little um, stuff like even that. Even on shoot days when we've got big shoots, like it's a big deal on the production side of things, but I'll always stop and mm. make you breakfast no matter what. Yep. So. That's a self-imposed thing. Never it quite is, understood yeah. that one, but yeah. Gotcha. I mean, I understand it because I know you so Actually, well. Actually, that's an interesting thing. Making sacrifices for somebody that they don't even think of as a sacrifice, but you do. What do it's you not do that then? I don't think it's a no, sacrifice. No, I'm saying like other things, right? Where you're So for instance, I think I'm making you breakfast. Like I'm sacrificing, I right. should be working, I should be doing this, but I'm going to do something nice for him. You don't care. Yeah, that, that's an identity thing. So for you to feel, to be able to identify as the good wife, mm -hmm. as you define it, mm -hmm. um, then that breakfast, be, I guess because I'm prepping, you feel is like a huge expression. Because okay, on days when I'm not prepping, you don't think about right. making food, you don't make sure. food. Sure, but, but like even beyond that, that right? Thing, like, don't you find that people feel like they're making sacrifices and sometimes it's a sacrifice the other person doesn't even necessarily oh, want? 100%. What do you do in that situation? Depends on what it is. Uh, nine times out of 10, I would tell people, give the gift the other person will actually be able to receive because they want it. Mm -hmm. um, but there are times for sure where to be consistent with my identity, I would need to be that way. So yeah, I mean, that's just, so it, at that point, it, it is irrelevant what you want. It has to do with my own identity. But I think it's important to discuss that because if you think that you're sacrificing and you're like, all I do is sacrifice, I, I keep giving, I keep doing this, I keep doing that, and it's not actually something they want, so they don't even realize that you're 
a sacrificing and getting frustrated because you you feel like you're doing it. Right. Like that can be tricky. So why don't you answer the question as the one who does sacrificing that I patently tell you to stop doing? <laughs> Um, what's the driving force behind it? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really having the discussion of is this for me or is this for him, right? So now that I've recognized that um, making you breakfast on shoot days, like you don't really care, um, all right, so you don't care, but no, it actually does make me feel a certain way and it makes me feel good about myself sure. and it makes me feel like, um, you know, back to identity that I am the wife that I say I want to be. And so even if you don't care, like I'm still going to do it. But I recognize now that it's still, it's for me. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. Like to be the person you want to be. Yeah, I get <clears> it. So I think acknowledging it and not being annoyed. Like I could see some people being annoyed that that wasn't appreciated. Right, but that's so exactly, that's what like, I mean. It's like, hey, like don't be annoyed with me because it's not something that I value. And I won't be annoyed with you for doing something because you value it. Yeah, you brought that to the table. Like give the gift that the other person wants, not the gift that you want. And I think that actually came at Christmas time. Where it's like, um, you think, oh my God, they're going to love this. But mm. really, it's because you would love it. Yeah. Um, and then you realize that they don't actually. or So it's like, just what is the gift that, that other person wants? What is the sacrifice that they are asking you to do? Instead of thinking, guessing what the sacrifice right. is and then getting bitter, they don't recognize it. Yes. All right. I think we've got time for one more very quick one, though, because it's 10.57. Wow. Yeah, that happened quickly. Man, other hours in my life do not go this fast. Mm. I think that's a good death sign, right? It is great. I love it. Um, all right. Shout out from Finland and Scotland. What's up, wow. Finland and Scotland? Um, last week, we had someone from Greece. So, nice. yeah, respect. Yes, us. Yes, us. Um, yes. Okay, so there's a whole bunch of questions. I'm just going to try and um, pull one. Dead air. Dead I know, air. I know. Some of these, sorry. Um, I thought we had a system worked out where these were We do, it's just you. sometimes there's like four of them and they're quite long, so I don't know which uh, one to ask. Sorry. You should have them put in order and then you just automatically read the first one. It's not um, your personality, though. I think, yeah, it's not. In fact, I really should dedicate this shirt to you, which says Control Freak. Like, of the two of us, you are very much the control yeah, freak. Yeah, that's true. Like that. um, so someone's asking about the Gatsby story. I don't really know it too well. The so Gatsby story? Yeah. Um, I don't know Gatsby. I've never seen it, never read it. Yeah. No idea. So. Um, all right. So... <laughs> Um, all right, let's We've got off-camera shock and horror, I think, was the mixture over there. Um, all right, question from Carmen Cruz. Um, how do you tell him, so I assume this is to me, how do you tell him you feel unappreciated without him feeling attacked? So let's, both ways, how do you tell someone you're feeling unappreciated? Yeah. Um, we, I think, came up with this from, like, screenplay writing, where you wrote a screenplay. Do you remember this? No, I have no <clears> idea where you're headed. So you wrote a screenplay and you gave it to me and to read. And I read it and I really liked it. But there was a couple of things that like, oh, I'm not sure about this character, the mm. way they act in this situation. But I loved it. And so I sit down ready to like give you like the um, feedback right. and excitement. And I start with, oh my God, well done. But this one character. So pretty much right off the bat you come out I, you hear something negative when you start with something negative no matter what i say after that how good it is how amazing it is um you almost don't hear it 
And so after kind of having like a, I think we had a bit of an argument where I was like, no, like I really love this screenplay. I don't think you're hearing me. And so it was like, well, it's because you started with the negative. So it's kind of like the, um, what do you call it? The something sandwich. Um, oh, the shit sandwich? Is it the shit sandwich? Yeah. No, well, maybe that's not what I'm referring to. But basically you start off with something positive. Right. Right. Then you say something in the middle and then you end on something positive. Yeah, the, AKA the shit sandwich. Is that yeah. the shit sandwich? Okay. Because you start with something nice, got the shit in the middle, and then yeah. you end on right. something positive. Okay. Um, so I guess that would be my response to that, is, um, you know, if you're trying to encourage somebody, but you know that they may take it as a negative, like, make them feel good about it. Um, tell them how you interpret it. But, like, do you, un do you know that they don't mean to, right? Because if you've said something that's actually, like, hurt my feelings, instead of going, like, I can't believe you said this, I say to myself, okay. I know him, I know he loves me. Cool, got that. So if I know he loves me, how do I help change this type of behavior that upsets me? So it just comes like, look, I know you love me, I know you didn't mean to hurt my feelings when you said X, Y, and Z, but you did. And so it would be great if you could either phrase it like this, or it would be great if you, like, how would you want them to react to you, right? How would you want them to give you that, whether it's criticism or something, how would you want them to say it to you? And then say like, next time, if you really want me to hear you, this is how I, this is how I can hear it, if you say it like this. And just be honest about how you want them to talk to you so that you can hear it, so that you can then change. Yeah, I think it, you're right on the money. It's two parts. One, um, you need to do your best to deliver the feedback in a way that can be heard. So mm -hmm. starting with the authentic things that you really like about something. But like in this case, it's probably very specific to something. So it's going to be perceived as like setting them up. If you're like, honey, I really like the way you do this. And right. they're going to be like, I feel the butt coming, right? right? So you don't want to put yourself in that situation where they just feel like it's inauthentic and you're leading with that just to like deliver the bad news. So I think really it's say it in a respectful way. Say it with the intentions of, you know, growing together, empowering them and having rules of engagement, first of all, so that how do we approach things like this? Um, and then second, the other person has to be prepared because... Almost certainly, if you criticize somebody, they are, at least for a brief period of time, they're going to feel attacked. That is a very natural reaction to somebody criticizing the way that you do something. Mm -hmm. And so that person has to own that they need to make that time period as short as humanly possible. I think the goal should be that it doesn't even flash across your face, that sure, you feel the sting, but then you're immediately open and receptive <clears> to that. <throat> it takes time and practice. But that really should be the goal. And I think both parties, so rules of engagement, how do I want you to present this information? Some people may want it as sort of fast and blunt, get to the point, like, but that should be something that's discussed in mm -hmm. the relationship. And then like for me, I just want to know, like not if it's a creative work of art, then yes, I want to like, cause as you're going through it with creative stuff, there's a sense of, I can't trust myself. So now I'm only going to be digesting external feedback, which means I'm going to be judging like percentage, right? And so if we know that there's a five to one ratio between it takes five comments to balance one negative, it's like if you felt sort of 50-50, then you still have to deliver five to one, right? To really get that emotional feeling across. 
So, um, but if it's a non-creative work and it's like, we're just trying to figure something out in the relationship, it's, I want to present this. And, and I will say timing is everything. And you mm. know, there are moments in a relationship where they're open and receptive to that. And I remember we went through a phase in the beginning where it was like, we would be in such a positive place and I would be in such a good mood or you'd be in such a good mood or whatever. It's like, Hey, I'm really receptive right now to any, like anything in the relationship that you're feeling. I feel so confident and secure right at this moment. Like now's the time to give me something that you've maybe been feeling for a while. And so we always refer to it as giving the keys to the kingdom. Like tell the other person how to reach you in difficult moments. Tell the other person when a good moment is for something like that. And then deliver it in a way that is tactful and not aggressive and not meant to be hurtful. A lot of times people stay quiet on something for so long. In fact, I know we're running out of time, but I have a great example. There's something I've been meaning to tell you forever. But because we're so rarely in the gym at the same time, this is so stupid. And every time I, the reason I don't tell you is because it's so dumb, but it's like, now it's like the perfect example. So uh, we have a treadmill in the gym and it has two like little cup holders, (laughs) right? And so I consider the right cup holder mine and the left cup holder yours. But every morning I come in and your gloves are in my right cup holder. So I have to move them to the left one so I can put my water down. And every time I think, I really need to tell her, like, that I consider that to be, like, this, yeah, this, like, thoughtless, like, that's my (laughs) cup holder. So things like that, where instead of, like, saying it at a moment where you're, like, the actual bitterness is, you know, inside of you, like, because I could see myself, if we walked into the gym at the same time, and your gloves are my cup holder, I'd be like, why do you always put them in my cup holder? But now it's like, if you're, there's levity, and, but now you know, right? So now it's like, okay, I'm probably not going to see the gloves and the cup holder on the right too many right <laughs> i probably won't yeah. see them too many but like finding the timing and just really yeah. nailing that and being cognizant of what really matters and what doesn't don't let something build up say it before it becomes an issue be tactful mm. blah, blah, blah. yeah because it's a, like basically how do you you know let them know that you're unappreciated without you feeling attacked it needs to be right. when your oh, guard appreciated that's actually a when one. your guard is down right it has to be when you're not like because that's we've really got um good at that i think where like if there's like if i'm frustrated or you're frustrated like we won't actually talk about it in that moment because immediately like we're both coming at it with walls up you can't hear me i can't hear you nothing productive comes of it we never find a solution but at least for me i know myself and i know once if i can walk away if i can ask myself that question does he love you yes does he mean to make you feel unappreciated no okay i can calm myself down i remind myself of those two things then we'll sit down, we'll have it like maybe when we're at dinner or like at something where it's we're super open, we're super relaxed. And then I say it in a calm way, like, look, I know you didn't mean to. I know you love me, um, but it would be awesome if you could do this next time. Um, right. Just like it just made me feel really, you know, unappreciated. And that's a big thing. So keys to the kingdom, right? So you would say something like um, that. I know you love me. I know you didn't mean it. But one thing that would be really meaningful if I cook you a meal like even just a kiss on the cheek would mean the world to me. So you're telling me what behavior you want from me. And then it's like, ah, now I know what to do. Whereas, and I remember in the beginning of our relationship, it was always, don't wait. This is random and not necessarily about appreciation, but like, don't wait until I can't do anything to fix it to tell me about it. Yeah. That used to wind me up. Right. So it'd be like, I would find out like, let's say we went on vacation, this is made up, but let's say we'd gone on a vacation 
and you really wanted there to be flowers in the room when we arrived or something. And you tell me when we got home. I really wanted there to be flowers. Well, now I can't do anything to fix it. Yeah, and now you just feel shitty. Right, now you exactly. feel like you... you right, yeah. right. We're way over... I, yeah. We should do a whole yeah. episode about That's that, which is actually really, really interesting. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us as always and for submitting the questions, which we love. And it's actually fun for us to get these unique questions, things that have a nuance that maybe we haven't discussed before. And so uh, for that, we're very, very grateful. If this content added value to your life, please share it. And if you haven't already subscribed, please do so. This is a weekly show. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Bye. Bye. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.